The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Hyundai Motor Europe, one of the leading providers of electrified mobility solutions in Europe. From hybrid and battery electric to fuel cell vehicles, Hyundai is paving the way to make environmentally friendly mobility available to all. Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for May 20th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a and Thanks so much for being with us today. TomTom Tom was the industry's shiny new toy in the mid to late 2000s because the Dutch company helped make in-car navigation systems attainable to the masses through deals with brands such as Renault. After Google started offering navigation for free, smartphones quickly replaced personal navigation devices. TomTom's answer was to turn its emphasis from hardware to software. Today, it's the number one provider of traffic information in Europe, supplying automakers such as Ford and the entire Volkswagen Group. In addition, it has about a dozen customers for its navigation software. Google continues to loom as a tough rival in the sector, but Antoine Saussier, who is Managing Director for TomTom Automotive, says his company is ready for the challenge. Hi, Antoine. Thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Good morning, uh, Doug, and thanks for having me. I'd like to get started today by asking you, what is the current state of the in-car navigation market, and what is the outlook for this sector as a whole? So navigation is, uh, you know, continues to grow, right? It's, uh, it's still uh, less than 50% uh, fitment rate in, uh, in our cars uh, overall. And the demand is not, is not going down, right? And so there's more uh, demand for uh, in-car navigation systems, more demand for better integrated systems uh, with the, the rest of the car. I think electrical vehicle also further strengthen uh, that uh, demand. So overall, we're talking about a uh, strong uh, development uh, market. What are the biggest trends in the sector and how is TomTom trying to capitalize on them? So I think one of the biggest strengths, right, is the, the move to online. Is, you know, cars becoming more and more uh, connected. Most of the cars now have a you know, kind of connectivity box uh, in there. They connect to uh, cloud or to uh, online uh, services. And that that's movement towards online uh, is only uh, accelerating. Uh, navigation for automotive, our, our latest product, is also a, a move from uh, onboard to more online uh, for, for navigation. Um, Back to EV again, uh, if you think in terms of, uh, of charging station, availability, uh, and so on, this is all uh, online-based features. So that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the important uh, trends. We've seen throughout the, the, the crisis that also you know, EV uh, has uh, dramatically accelerated. Uh, Long-distance EV routing uh, is, uh, is a question. Uh, making sure you have the right uh, plug and the right charging station at the right place with, that is available when you get there. You know, those are new emerging services that are key uh, to the, the, the success of the EV deployment. And I think 
navigation as a whole, not only in terms of you know charging station services or routing or having the accurate uh, uh, points on the map, but overall as a user experience topic, uh, that is absolutely key. And that brings me back to this you know move to online of our technology. Could you give us a little bit of an idea of the volume of business that you're doing with automakers and particularly in Europe? To answer that question, you need to dig a little bit at the at the product uh, level. So if you if we look at, uh, you know, traffic information has been you know one of our uh, leading products uh, and and a door opener at uh, a couple of uh, of customers. We're clearly leading. If you look at Europe, I think we have more than eighty percent market share on traffic information at OEMs. You know that that really means. You know, if you're if you're on the road and you look at cars passing by, you know a lot of them are going to be connected to TomTom, uh, uh, in terms of service. So that that's really powerful. If you look at uh, the the navigation software business, uh, there is clearly consolidation happening, right? So this is something where, uh, the, you know the the, the hardware uh, tier ones uh, suppliers they used to have their in-house uh, navigation software. Progressively, uh, that, that has uh, disappeared, right? And uh, also amongst uh, our software competitors, there, there's been some consolidation. So clearly, TomTom today is leading. I think you know, we, we're, we're delivering more than 10 or 12 OEMs uh, with our navigation software. And that can be not only cars, but also you know, trucks uh, or, or motorbikes. Uh, so we're, we're, we're covering that. Uh, and I think we're we're in a unique uh, position. So we're clearly leading on the on the software uh, side uh, as well. Uh, and then you have the digital map, right? Where uh, we we used to be uh, uh, with here as a, as a competitor, and and there is now a Google, uh, of course, uh, challenging us uh, also on the uh, on the map uh, side. Could you give us a little bit of an indication of the competitive landscape now that rivals like Google have entered the market and you have the, the, the combination of here with all of those German automakers being partners in that? Uh, yes, here is, is owned by, uh, amongst other, uh, the, uh, the, the three German OEMs. On the other hand, they never stopped uh, using our products uh, whenever they see fit, and we we continue to deliver traffic traffic information as an example to uh, to all of them, uh, and so whenever it's you know they they use the best uh, available service. Um, I think the the new uh, comer is is Google, right? They started with you know screen replication, uh, like like uh, Android Auto and CarPlay, uh, same same way on the on the Apple side, uh, and and now clearly you see Google getting or trying to get more uh, into uh, cars, right? And uh, they do that uh, bundling together uh, the, the, the Google Map uh, application, but also the, the voice assistant and the, and the access uh, to the store, right? And uh, I think that is, you know, it's, it's uh, emphasizing uh, for us some th a message that we were delivering to OEMs uh, already a long time ago. That is the importance of you know being able to update uh, the software in the cars even after it's left the uh, the factory. So continuous update. Uh, also being able to uh, connect uh, your your services and update your maps on a regular basis and so on and so forth. I think the interesting point is that you know if you want to build something that's 
compares with with that uh, Google scope, that also means you need to you need to partner with voice assistance uh, providers and with a, a store capability. And I think that's what we're trying to do. We we think you know on the Google Map side we can clearly compete. Again, we're leading on traffic. Our routing is is better than Google in in a number of cases. But the uh, the the rest uh, of the combination. Uh, will come from uh, from partners, and then on top of that, right? Our purpose is is different than uh, Google, so we're much more sensitive to uh, data privacy. We respect that. We're not selling anything. We're not uh, making uh, advertisements uh, for a living, and our business has always been to be as best as possible integrated into cars and deliver the best experience. And I think that is going to uh, continue to be a very, very strong differentiator uh, between what we're doing and will continue to do with partners. We'll continue our conversation with Antoine Saucier after this message. Hyundai Motor is one of the leading providers of electrified mobility solutions in Europe. With hybrid, mild hybrid, plug-in hybrid, battery electric, and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, Hyundai offers the most diverse lineup of alternative powertrains on the market. Under the vision of Progress for Humanity, the company aims to make high-quality, environmentally conscious mobility solutions available to all. Today, more than 75% of Hyundai's lineup in Europe is available as an electrified version. As a pioneer in zero-emission mobility, Hyundai offers a range of leading emission-free vehicles. It ranges from the full-electric subcompact SUV Kona Electric to the second-generation fuel cell electric vehicle Nexo. The company's progressive spirit is most strongly embodied in Ionic 5, its latest all-electric vehicle and the first model to be launched under the Ionic lineup brand. With outstanding range, ultra-fast charging technology, and unique interior, which functions as a smart living space, Ionic 5 is redefining electromobility lifestyles. With its fleet of fuel cell trucks, Hyundai is also ahead in zero-emission heavy-duty mobility solutions. By 2025, over 1,600 Exient fuel cell trucks will run on Swiss roads. To learn more about how Hyundai is shaping the future, tune into Are We There Yet?, an automotive podcast hosted by Susie Perry. Get a peek behind the curtain as Susie investigates the world-changing ideas coming out of the workshops, labs, and secret test tracks of Hyundai. Tune in on any podcast listening platform as well as Hyundai.news. You piqued my curiosity by mentioning these partnerships and the possibility of TomTom also having an assistant or a store or something that would be a direct rival to the offerings from Google. Can you give us any uh, hints on how that might develop or is that still very much in the works? Well, it's in the works, but, you know, there's no mystery, right? So we're working with uh, the, the, the voice uh, recognition uh, providers of, of the industry, right? And, it, you know, it can be uh, Serens, it can be uh, Alexa, it can be uh, SoundHound. And the same uh, goes for potential uh, store providers. So there's nothing hidden on who those uh, partners uh, could be. I think the um, more important question is, is you know, how, how do we uh, create that uh, bundle together and, and, and what's the cooperation model 
how do we bring that into a uh, an automotive context and in car experience uh, that wins at the end what seems to be clear from our conversation is that you guys are not going away. You're sending a message that we plan to be in this market. We've been here since 2007 and we're going to keep fighting. Absolutely. And, and you see the market demand for that. So it's not only me saying that, right? It's our customers asking for it. And I think that's even, even stronger, right? So you, you see, you clearly see a demand. You clearly see back to our EV conversation. You clearly, see, you know, the, 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 the needs for, for some services, for, for navigation that really works nicely integrated with the way uh, EV cars uh, are working, that takes the concern out of, the, uh, of, of customers and brings your EV experience to, to the next level. And maybe it's, it's going to be different than what we used to be. So, you know, charging is not going to be like refueling, right? It might take you longer and therefore where a, uh, a really bad sandwich was okay coming together with your uh, fueling, well, charging is going to be a nice restaurant experience, right? Or maybe you're going to stop at France because they have a charging station uh, of their own and you're going to use that while having quality time with them. And so those, you know, long-term, long-journey uh, planning might change quite a bit in, in, in the future. And EV may trigger a different user experience, a different way of looking at, you know, 500 kilometers, 900 kilometers uh, than we used to do with, uh, with our uh, IC engines. And it definitely sounds to me like TomTom sees the move to EV as a real potential to gain because you just mentioned it. Adding a little bit of quality of life to that traveling experience seems to be something that would be very appealing. I think so. And, and, and I would extend that to, you know, new mobility in general, right? So also, uh, you, you see it today, right? In this crisis thing, we're not going to the office every morning, getting back every evening. People have realized they can, uh, you know, take their kids to school, still be earlier than before at work, uh, and they can go to the office when there's a need for meeting uh, people or customers. If you think, how does that translate into your in-car experience? Well, you're, you're not, you know, you're going to commute at a different time than before. And so your interest in your traffic information, in your planning, you know, can I take this call while driving to that customer or that place? I don't mind taking an hour instead of trying to squeeze it within 20 minutes, providing my connectivity is going to be good and my phone conversation during that time is, is going to be quality and I will have no problem finding a parking once I, I get there and, and I can still have my call uh, going on. So I think you, we, we see a, a lot of changes in, in the way uh, people are going to experience uh, the, the, the driving in the sense or all the time in the car because you could also say it's not only going to be only driving in the future is going to be driving plus maybe a call in the car, maybe doing something while charging your car and so on and so forth. So I think there are sort of, you know, fundamental changes in the, uh, in the approach. And we, uh, you know, we definitely want to help uh, customers and, and OEMs in moving towards that approach and delivering something that ultimately makes the difference. Another key change is the move towards a 
autonomous cars. And with that, the maps and the connectivity will have to be absolutely perfect. Is this also an opportunity for TomTom to really push itself even deeper into the automotive sphere? Yes, it is. And we're coming from a super kind of hype around autonomous cars, right? Things like your kids don't need to take a driver's license anymore because cars are going to drive by themselves by the time they get one and so on. I think we're, we've moved away from that, you know, kind of uh, dream, right? And so level four, level five uh, of autonomy are less of a, uh, of a short-term uh, topic today, right? I think the industry has landed back on the, on the reality. On the other hand, there is even more traction for the uh, ADAS uh, systems or autopilot uh, type of feature, if it, even if it's on a, you know, a narrow uh, coverage or number of use cases, even more interest uh, and demand with much higher volume uh, at the end. So in terms of, of business for us, right, it's even more important. And, and, and so that's what we're uh, currently doing at the moment. So moving fast forward on the ADAS topic, but also on, on uh, maps that uh, are useful for autopilot uh, features. How has the chip shortage impacted your business? You folks rely so much on high tech. I would imagine that there has been a bit of a bump in the road from this ongoing global crisis. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're, we're completely out of, uh, of hardware now, right? So everything we deliver is, uh, is software, whether it's maps or navigation software or uh, connected services. But of course, all those software components, uh, they run on, uh, on hardware in, uh, into the car, right? So although we're not, you know, directly uh, managing ourselves the, uh, the shortage, uh, we, uh, we are impacted through our customers and, and tier ones. Uh, and I mean, you've heard about uh, some uh, plants uh, being uh, closed uh, during a couple of days and so on and so forth. Uh, and so uh, that, is, that is also true uh, for us, right? So we, uh, we see an, an impact through production numbers, but there's no direct technical impact for us or we're not managing those, those uh, shortage uh, ourselves. Um, so we just, yeah, we, you know, try to uh, make the best out of it. It is always an absolute pleasure to have a fascinating conversation with you, Anton. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Doug. I think our industry is fascinating. And uh, as TomTom, we're also passionate about what we're doing. Thank you very much. We reached Antoine Saucier at his office in Paris. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for May 20th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again soon.